Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Part in that sentence, taking any responsibility for any of the actions that transpired. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Watch Time as we return for another big week with a lot of big, interesting topics. We've got drama happening in the YouTube community that's been going on for literal months now, and we're going to be talking a lot about that and a bunch of other small stories. But Grace, how was your week? My week has been really good. Yeah, it's been a lot more low-key since the week that we were talking about last week, which honestly is for the best of everyone. And I know I've been talking about this a little bit on the other podcast, Rookie CEO, which you can go subscribe to below if you would like to where I talk more about like growing click and what it's like on the business side of things but like we've got a growing team here in the office and there's a lot of things going on every week and I feel like it's really interesting how my role has completely changed over the last year and a half and I feel like a year and a half ago my role was so much just doing the work and now so much of it is like managing people and talking mm. to people and doing a million meetings every week and then sometimes I'll get to the end of the day and feel like I haven't had a chance to like do what I was meant to do at all. So I'm trying to do this thing where I like have meetings only on three days a week and then have two days a week where I can just focus on my own stuff and work from home. And it's been really nice, honestly, like in the new place that I just moved into as well. So I feel like it's working. But what about you? You've had a very busy week. Very busy week. I feel like I went through like like three or four weeks ago and then like before that, I was going through a few weeks where like- It was a the little more- slow. Well, yeah, like YouTube was really, really slow. Like it was the end of the season. There was no content to be made. So I was like, you know, catching up with friends more, getting drinks, getting dinner, like going out, having fun. But then like for the past two weeks, basically ever since, and I wouldn't even say I really like, because I barely drank the night that we all went out last week. I basically haven't really been drinking or going out or anything like that. Finally, I actually have something I can obsess my time over again because the new Fortnite season launched. Fortnite season six dropped. You can tell they're really refining it. I think um, the way they did the live, uh, well, not live event, because it was like a single player event that you could just play through. They did that really, really well. So it was kind of- So it was like previously when they've done events, it's been like you get into a game with like 60 other people and everyone is watching this event together. Don't get me wrong, there is a cool aspect to that. But it was also a little bit annoying sometimes because... um uh, because people would build like in the way of what you're trying to watch right. or a lot of the time because so many people are trying to play it at the same time. Um, you People literally can't get in games because yeah. it just overloads the servers. Things always go wrong whenever they try and do live events. So this time they did it as like a single player one that you can play through. Whenever you log in for the season, it was just really, really cool. They always, you know, they're kind of like, they're small bite-sized mm-hmm. things, but it's really awesome to have like the story in a game like Fortnite. And I feel like Epic kind of like let it go for a little bit. They got distracted by all the the, uh, all the collabs like oh my god like we're gonna do the Halo Master Chief collab and now we're gonna have all these other things in our game and Marvel and then now everyone was kind of okay that, that was cool but like I actually yeah. want I don't know why I'm so invested in the Fortnite story because it makes no sense but uh, I'm very invested in it yeah it's like you can't just have the bright shiny things you have to have the core product of yeah it exactly really, I, really good for me well. to be invested in Marvel coming to Fortnite I need to be invested in Fortnite itself. Yeah. So yeah, I think they've done a good job. And then 
the changes that they made this season, which is, this is probably, I would say, one of the biggest season updates ever, like in terms of what they've changed, like fundamentally changed the way that so much of the game works. Long story short, it was a pretty hectic update, but I'm happy because I now have content. Let's jump into what I know both of us want to talk about, which is probably the biggest story in the YouTube-verse right now. Um... David Dobrik's apology video. So this is coming off the back of months of speculation, really. Months of speculation. Like, so long. David and his vlog squad was breeding a pretty unhealthy culture, a bit of a toxic culture. Elliot and I have touched on it in the last couple of weeks. You know, this environment was being perpetuated as being incredibly like a lot of peer pressure, a lot of like anything for content, things happening that shouldn't have really happened. And literally, like we said before, this always happens with almost without exception, any vlog lifestyle channel. It's yeah. it's what culminated in the Logan Paul forest incident yeah. because the more content you make, the more you're looking for reactions, the How more, much you, can the more you you're only thinking about entertainment, 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 and you're trying to get more and more ridiculous things. And at a certain point, you remove the humanity from it and your life is a movie set and everyone is an actor and you don't really care. You're not thinking, it's not that you don't care, but you're just not thinking about any like externalities of your yeah. behavior and like the longer term impact something could have. You're just like, this would be funny in a video, therefore doing it. Or this would yeah. be shocking in a video, therefore doing it. You're and not- it's almost like what's going to have the greatest good. And I feel like he could potentially have gotten into a mindset where it's like, okay, maybe this is like slightly annoying or a bit of an inconvenience or slightly insensitive to one person in this environment. But think about how many millions of people are going to see the video and laugh. Mm. Do you think that that could play into it? Like if he did something and he was like, oh, this hurt this person a little bit, but like they'll get over it. They're my friend. And it's ultimately going to have this huge benefit of making millions of people laugh. I don't think it's so much the making the trade-off, you know, being like, I acknowledge I'm going to hurt this person, but the overall social benefit will be better. I just think that your brain gets so um, over, like so focused and overwhelmed by the numbers around growth, viewership, and also the idea of entertaining people yeah. that it's not that you're making a conscious decision of I'm going to hurt this person to entertain these people. It's very much just... Um, it's for the content. Yeah, it's literally just for the content. It's, it's so purely... So basically, this all came to a head um, two days ago where there was a Business Insider article that came out that had done an interview with a girl that um, a few years ago... Was in a David Dobrik video. Was in a David Dobrik and, video. And to quickly recap, just very, very briefly, the previous stuff that had come out, there was a lot of stuff about general to- toxic work environment, like we said. There was another incident uh, around consent where uh, David basically tricked one of the Vlog Squad members into... Told him he was making out with uh, Karina Kopf, 20-year-old girl, when in reality it was f- mid-40s guy in a mask. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the more serious earlier accusations that came out. I think... It- totally came to a head two days ago when a young girl basically said that she and her friends were almost invited or sort of cast to be part of a vlog. I think they went over there with the understanding they were going to be part of a bit, but obviously it got totally out of hand and got to a point where they were extremely intoxicated to the point where she doesn't actually even remember what happened that night, but understands that she was basically... um, a non-consensual threesome with Dirty Dom, who was one of the old characters in David's vlog squad. She has no recollection of this and it fed into a narrative that was very much part of David's video. So a few more details around it. It was this girl and three of her friends uh, that 
came over and they were hanging out with Dirty Dom. David obviously rocked up with his whole crew at a certain point. Um, apparently, uh, this girl said in the article, uh, Dom took her to another room to try and be like, oh, you know, like, why don't you like me? Why don't you be my girlfriend? And there was kind of very following that when they came back out, someone from David's group rocked up with um, alcohol. They were all 20 years old. So obviously not the legal drinking age. Another not great, <laughs> another mm. not great uh, thing to throw into the mix. And then apparently there was a lot of peer pressure around drinking. Some of the girls got very, very intoxicated to the point where they apparently weren't very coherent, couldn't walk properly. Dom went into a room with two of them and apparently yeah what transpired there girl says in this article she didn't feel like was very consensual at all i don't think she actually remembers it i think she feels as though she was well she was too drunk to consent and literally passed out in the process yeah but her friend did remember it and said that there was like a text conversation between them saying how um she kind of tried to get Dom to go away once she realised that the girl this girl, her friend, asleep. she was like, yeah, effectively falling asleep. It's not good. That story has a lot of weight to it. It's awful. Like, it's totally awful if yeah. that's true. Basically, that that was the tipping point, you know, to bring it back to what we're talking about. That was the tipping point that caused David to make an apology video, which and I think is highly unusual for him. He usually never addresses controversy. Clarify the general discussion around this is while it was still, obviously, it's not David who was in that room. It was, it was Dom. At the same time, David was very much there with the camera there was very much an environment of pressure to you know make something happen be entertaining like we're trying to get content here yeah. like something's got to happen something's got to happen something's got to happen and also obviously witnessed people getting way too intoxicated and witnessed underage girls drinking yeah unclear who bought the alcohol the most negative part about that is like i'm sure a lot of people listening to this have drunk underage and you're probably like oh what no big deal like of course people have drunk when they're 20 it's not the biggest thing in the world very much in that environment getting someone that drunk and then kind of trying to actually take advantage of that intoxication that's especially when like the goal is to get content I think that's where that definitely becomes a much bigger kind of moral issue absolutely and and on the alcohol point I just think it's really you know while yes a lot of people drink underage especially in a college environment like is pretty normal like we're not gonna say that's not normal like of course everyone drinks not everyone but a lot of people (laughs) drink underage I think I At the never time, did. David, you know, still had 8.8 million subscribers. He was regularly getting millions of views on his vlogs. I just think it's a little irresponsible at that point. Like I know yep. that feeds into and probably, you know, allows him to create a lot of the content that he did at the time, but it, it kind of feels a little stupid in yep. hindsight to encourage that environment. So anyway. anyway, to finish that story, this girl ended up texting, I believe, Dom several months later saying, hey, this has really kind of been something I've been thinking about for a while. I'm really not comfortable with what happened there. I'd like the video taken down. Uh, and then I believe Dom just replied, understandable, respect, your wishes, respect yeah. your wishes. And the video and the vlog got taken down, which to David's credit, I think he has, which, you know, you could also actually argue is just deleting and removing evidence, but also quite a few videos, which also could very much be interpreted as a negative thing when someone has come out later and said, hey, I'm not actually comfortable with what happened in that video. And he's immediately taken the video down, um, yeah. which... Yeah, once again, twofold. Number one, good to respect someone's wishes if they're appearing in a piece of content and they're no longer comfortable with it. But also at the same time, if you have multiple, multiple, multiple videos where people are coming out in the weeks and months following being like, hey, what happened in that video, man? Not cool. Not, not cool with that. Like that's, that's also a red flag. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so, so let's break down the apology video. It was it a two-minute video. A two-minute video posted to not David's main channel, not David's second channel, but what you could effectively call his third channel, which is the podcast, the channel. podcast channel. It's his least subscribed channel by a significant, like one twentieth of his main channel. I'm not going to dig too much into where he posted the apology because really. I think well, look, I, I think that I, I do think putting it on the views channel was a bit of a. I think it should go on the channel where the questionable content was uploaded. That's actually a very good point. Put it where the people that have been impacted by it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I also I don't think it's the I don't think it's the biggest point. We don't need to get into a full thing, but I think to put it on a channel that is new, like literally a couple months old, has one million subscribers versus the main channel where all of this went down, which has almost 20 million subscribers now yeah. or even the second channel where he's been regularly posting i it felt hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wake to me. I agree. Yeah, it didn't feel like he was really uh, owning it or putting force behind it by burying yeah. it on... Like effectively, it would almost be like if he uploaded it on like another YouTuber's channel. <laughs> he was like, "It was like, yeah. hey, like it's, if you want to go look at it, it's over there." Just yeah. like an unlisted video that he linked on Twitter. Let's start with the title of the video. The title of the video was called "Let's Talk." <sighs> Apology video titles are always so awful. They're always like my story. Let's talk. But do you know truth. what is particularly bad about David's "Let's Talk" video? He doesn't talk much. Two minutes long. <laughs> Turn the comments off. Oh yeah, <laughs> he turned likes and dislikes off. Yeah, no. There was no element. There, w- there is of a no conversation. conversation. <laughs> when I say let's talk, I mean let me talk at you, <laughs> and you will not have any response. It's not the worst thing in the world. Um, I totally understand why on that kind of video you might think it would be a better idea to turn off comments. Like I, there's no way that if you leave the comments on, that's not getting super toxic and very I, I was going to say, I actually don't think there's anything good that comes from leaving comments on in a video like that. I think you just get the super fans and then the people who are trying to get someone cancelled absolutely going to war with each yeah. other, ripping each other to shreds and really not moving the conversation anywhere. But I just, think the choice yeah. in title, calling it Let's Talk, when you're not going to have comments on, I'm Could've surprised no one picked up on that before he uploaded it like I'm sure he showed that apology video to at least a few people before he hit public let's get into the content of the video it was a two minute long video he he did not directly address the article he didn't directly address really any of the allegations no he did he directly addressed the the one yeah of getting uh, his friend to make out with someone who he told them was Karina Kopf, when in reality it was Jason Nash, the 45-year-old guy. Uh, he addressed that one. He said he he actually, that was the one that he did own. He said, hey, yep, that actually wasn't okay. Um, I've, uh, you know, kind of changed since then. And I that's not the content I do anymore. Um, and I wouldn't do that again. And the video has been removed. And that was my bad. I actually think he did own that one 
relatively well. He didn't try and say, oh, but like, you know, you can see that like later he said he was fine with it. So yeah. like, it wasn't that bad. He really did own that one. Um, Everyone knows the reason he uploaded that video is coming off the back of the girl with the rape allegation. Yeah, it and was kind of like- the fact that he didn't directly address that, but he directly addressed something else. It felt like he was sort of brushing everything. He was like, here's one where I can talk about it clearly. Yeah. And then let's like sort of group everything else together, brush it in like a broad stroke, which he, I just don't think was really the response. He owned the less serious allegation. It's exactly. kind of like it's kind of like going to court and you've like you've been done for like underage drinking and also murdering someone. And you're like, guys, guys, I admit it. I had a cheeky beer. I did. I did it and I wasn't I shouldn't have done that. And everything like, and else like, and everyone's like, figazi. Okay, yeah, like but the the the, the that, that dead person, like yeah. what about not that that accusation wasn't also serious because I think it was, but I think that it's very much a bit of like a magic trick being like, "Oh, he he did own it though, you know? Like he said he's sorry and that he shouldn't have done it." Yeah. And you're like, "No, no, no, you didn't say that about the right one." I don't think he directly addressed what people would have expected him to yeah. directly address. At this point with this kind of thing, like it does become a, a legal thing as well. So I'm sure that True. whatever he put out, he has to have a lawyer vet four That's times a over. That's and a, a lawyer, point, and a, and a lawyer is always going to be like, shut up, you don't talk. Because you know what? anything that you is say actually, is admissible. I didn't consider that. That's a really valid point. Yeah. I think he... I would be surprised now reflecting on it if he didn't have legal advice saying, please don't get into the details of this. Yeah, I think legal advice aside, if you look at what he actually, so he did after saying that he he messed up with the um, non-consensual tricking someone into kissing someone thing, he did very vaguely address these more serious newer ac accusations. And he did that by effectively saying, there's been conversation about other things um, that friends of mine have done. And I do want to say that like, I have had friends uh, or people who used to be my friends who did things that I wasn't comfortable with. And because of that, I distanced myself from them. Mm. You know, you have a toxic friend, did something not nice, and you decided to distance yourself. But you're not in any part in that sentence taking any responsibility for any of the actions that transpired. Like he's yeah. essentially saying, it was, it's kind of like being like, oh yeah, my, my friend did that. And I, I thought that was awful. I had nothing to do with it. But like, because he did that, I have now distanced myself. Whereas, yeah. like we discussed, I think that while David might not have been perpetrator in that situation, if the story is exactly as it's told, he was definitely there with a camera, egging the situation on. And not only, and whether or not only egging the situation on, same thing like anything. You see someone getting bullied, you see something wrong happening, and not being like, hey, <laughs> hey there, buddy old pal. Like, is that, that, that okay right there? Yeah. Like, that. It, you might not be quite as bad as as the kind and of instigator. And it absolutely fed into the narrative. But of you this have video. an obligation. I think the apology was not great. It was probably quite poor, actually. I think, yeah, it really glossed over any details for whatever reason that might be. Um, it felt quite uh, like shifting the blame onto other people, not taking full responsibility, and even the comments around the fact that some people might give consent at the time and then change their mind later on. It felt unnecessary. I don't know what that added to the apology. But mm. yeah, in particular, the comments around distancing himself from other people. I think that's valid. And I think, but I think that's a, I fully own this. 
and this is what I've done. It's like the added extra rather than like, but he didn't have that bit coming before where he really owned it and was like, yeah, look, I fucked up. He's like, I fucked up and I realised that part of the reason I fucked up might have also been because I was around bad people. I've also chosen to distance myself from those people. He just sort of shifted the blame. But I'm really surprised that I'm sure at least his manager or a few other people would have had a second to review that and, and gone over it. And I'm surprised that maybe he didn't get more pushback from people saying, hey, maybe you should consider this or see it from a different perspective. I don't Mm. think it was super well considered of all the perspectives that might view that video. Yeah, I would agree. I would say um, it could have been done better. I I actually do think short, sharp is not a bad approach to go with a lot of apology videos. I agree. I think a lot of the time a big mistake people make is they make these like 20, 40 minute videos being like, and then this and this, but then this person lied about this. It's like, no, no, no. At the end of the day, best way, I think, because the more you kind of go back and forth on different points and argue certain things and say, okay, I apologize for this, but then this was a lie. It's kind of like, it's just better. It muddies the waters. Yeah, it's better to just be like, if you do want to acknowledge that, certain things that people have said aren't true. I think you can do that very brief and off the cuff. Like, look, a lot of what's come out um, actually isn't what my recollection is of the situation. But regardless, there is clearly some fundamental things here that I did that were not correct. Um, This is what I'm going to do to kind of right that wrong. Mm. And this is the firm stance I take going forward. I do do think that that was the part of it that I liked. Because I am a huge believer in not being like, okay, that person made one mistake in their life Cancelled. and now that is fundamentally who they are as a person. They're a bad yep. person. They always deserve to be remembered for that that one thing. Um, I agree. Because I have and will make mistakes throughout their life and you should be allowed to learn from that. Otherwise, what's the point? So I do think the part that I actually really did like about his video, he was like, my content has fundamentally changed since those days. That is not the kind of content I want to bring anymore. I just want to bring people happiness. And I've now acknowledged, I've now realized that there are, there were toxic elements to what I was doing. I don't want that to be part of what I am or who I am. So you're not going to see that on the channel anymore. And then I was, as he said that, I was really thinking about his content recently. And I actually do think they've done a really good job of, he's done a really good job of moving away from that. You know, it's yeah. like a lot more like, oh, we're doing crazy science experiments or I bought someone a car or um, yeah. I'm hitting like a crazy basketball shot. That college frat atmosphere is less of the narrative. Yeah, it used to be very college frat atmosphere. And I think it very much, and that was like the three years ago phase, right when I first started watching him yeah and then i think it's very much shifted more into like hanging out with his friends yeah not so much getting drunk going to parties girls 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 still like some stuff there that like i'm like oh man a bit like oh i feel awful but like it definitely seems like that's kind of like a concern i I do think there's been a shift it's more like a friendship group on steroids now you know to give him credit he does a lot of good he really does a lot of good he's given away a huge amount over the past few years. And I feel like when people think of the David now, that's probably more of what they think about than the crazy vlogs that were just like pushing the limits a few years ago. But I think that maybe leads us into a bigger topic around apology videos in general. Is there a good way to do them? as Elliot and I were just chatting briefly before this episode, we were saying, look, it hasn't been received well. And then we were saying, what apology videos have been received well? And I think... 
there's very, very few. Like if I think about... I can of think of two. If I think about the iconic apology videos that have happened over the last few years, though, I'm thinking like Tanner, I'm thinking like Shane Dawson, Tati, Jeffree Star. None of them have gone down particularly well. Why do you think apology videos are typically really poorly received? The whole reason this industry exists is because people want a more real connection, like more sincerity. And I think that's something that a lot of YouTubers just seem to be awful at, sincere apology videos where they really take ownership. Do you think part of the reason it's difficult to create a truly sincere apology video is because generally the prompt for creating that apology video is an immense amount of social pressure. Yeah. An immense amount of social pressure to apologise. So then whenever you do end up apologising, it's extremely difficult to avoid a narrative where people are just like, well, she's just apologising or he's just apologising because he feels like he had to because he couldn't avoid it anymore. By no means in all scenarios. Sometimes some YouTubers have done genuinely awful things which they deserve to be fully dragged through the streets for. Sometimes where people people have tried to cancel certain people over like the smallest thing. Like, oh, they weren't super nice to their friend one time. And then they get absolutely dragged through the court of public opinion. They're getting harassed on Twitter, harassed in person, being screamed at, having their houses like, you know, um, hit by SWAT raids and all that kind of thing by these fans that are just so incensed by the slightest thing. Yeah. And then they come out and they make an apology like, like, fuck, you're like, yeah, like, I I guess like I, I, sh- I should have done that better. But holy crap, like, I, I feel like I have kind of transitioned from being the person who, yeah, might not have been perfect at the time to like I've spent the last two months being harassed and um, yeah. attacked over by in the court of public like opinion. Like they're not even quite you're, sure what they're apologizing for. Yeah, anymore. yeah. At a certain point, you're like, holy crap. Like I, I feel like, yeah, I'm apologizing, but I feel like I'm apologizing to people who have done something worse than what I did, yeah. if that makes sense. You know, yeah. you're, it's kind of like if someone was bullying you into giving an apology and you're like, uh, like, okay, I'm going to apologize. But like, you, do you know that what yeah. you've done to elicit this is also wrong? Like yeah. I was in the wrong, but you're also in the wrong. I think that kind of thing. And it's impossible for that then to sound truly sincere. And yeah. I think just being in that environment, like I can't imagine because I've never been in it, but being a person and going on Twitter and seeing hundreds of thousands of people saying, oh my God, look at this awful person, awful person. It's like such an intense environment already. Have they even had time? Like, of course you feel like you want to apologise. Even I can imagine for David that he's clearly caused hurt. I don't think David inherently is a bad person. I think he's, like, made some mistakes, as have we all. Um, But to go online and just see this immense amount of pressure, immense amount of people that you've clearly offended or hurt, if you're a good person, you do want to apologise because you don't want anyone to feel upset. Have you even had time to actually like process what you're apologising for, process how you truly feel about it? Like I think it is a difficult environment to apologise. And then you're at a point in your career as well where people are laying it on. People are in the mood to criticise you. Therefore, when you release an apology video, people are going to be sensitive to the slightest thing. How did you title the video? Is it black and white? Are you wearing makeup or are you not wearing makeup? Did you put on emotional music? (laughs) Yeah. Did you put on background music? Did you cry? Are the the tears real or are they crocodile tears? Every part of that is going to be critiqued. Yeah, I think that's the other problem. Uh, And don't get me wrong, I don't like using the generic term cancel culture is bad because I think like a lot of the time it's done a really good job of drawing attention to a lot of serious things. But I do think that there's this other element kind of like a YouTuber and someone's like, oh, you know, you were 
you did this thing where you were mean to someone who was your friend. And so all of a sudden you've got the whole internet attacking you. You're almost at this like weird crossroad where you're like, okay, well, what do I do? Do I deny it completely? In which case I feel like that's the only way that people are going to like not attack me. I need to like say that this isn't true because people are going to get worked up over the slightest thing. Or do I make an apology video? But if I make an apology video, people are just going to be like, see, that's proof that he was mean to his friend and therefore is a bad human. I think that uh, one of the biggest problems with the internet, this trying to hold people to account and cancel culture is I, I think the vast majority of the time, and this isn't everyone, but I think the very vocal kind of aggressive part of the internet um, they, they don't want to see people improve or change. They don't want to see someone be better. A lot of people just want to see blood in the water and um, people squirming. Mm. So a lot of the time, like if, if there was a genuine kind of positive sense in the community of, hey, it's come to light that this bad thing happened, uh, it would be really good if you could come out, acknowledge what you did was wrong so other people can see you set an example and see yeah. and, and you acknowledge that what you did isn't okay and then you can like just commit to being better going forward. That yeah, would be but fantastic. Yeah, that's not going to get likes on Twitter. Exactly, but that doesn't happen. So what all that happens is, okay, you did something wrong. You're an awful human being who is a devil and even if you apologize, all you're doing is confirming what we thought you did and therefore we still hate you. I also think there's a massive element now where the whole internet comments on things maybe five to ten years ago on youtube there was a lot more casual consumers like there was a lot more people that would passively consume content now i think there's much more of a trend everyone has twitter everyone Mm. has instagram everyone feels like they can publicly comment on everything which they can and in many ways that's a great thing but i also think it's bred this culture where everyone needs to have a comment on everything and people are encouraged to comment or tweet or post things that are going to get engagement. Things that get engagement are black and white. They're oftentimes polarising and they're oftentimes um, the most extreme opinion that you can fit into 240 characters. And 240 characters doesn't allow for any nuance. You're left with a huge amount of people that pick one element that they think is grabby, that they think is going to get comments or get engagement And it doesn't allow for any shades of grey. It doesn't allow for, hey, perhaps he was really off the mark with the title, but there was this part of the video that, you know, had some substance to it and perhaps had some validity. I do think in many ways apology videos are are set to fail. Yeah. So speaking of now that we've spoken about how hard they are um, to pull off and why that is, who do you think has done them well? I think the only apology video that I came away from and I was like, wow, I don't even feel like, I'm not sure if that was actually an apology video, was James Charles's second Mm. apology video in the whole James Charles Tati thing a couple, a year and a half ago. (laughs) I love that. I love that we're like numbering them now. We're like, so in James Charles's (laughs) um, ninth apology video, I think that was where he really hit his stride. Dude, everyone knows what I'm talking about. I mean, a lot of people say the 13th apology video was better than the fourth, but I actually think the eighth was probably his prime. Everyone knows when the James Charles Tati thing happened. He obviously came out and made his first first apology video, which was clearly a knee-jerk reaction to an insurmountable amount of social pressure. Insane. Couldn't imagine it. Couldn't imagine. It wasn't great. It was bad. And it was clearly um, someone that was panicking and just trying to say the right thing to appease people, which is not what the internet wanted to hear. He then came out with a second apology video, which he had his points really clearly laid down. He admitted he wasn't a perfect person, but also pushed back on where he felt like the internet had got it wrong. 
And I think the elements that he... And he came with receipts. And he came with the receipts. And while I do think sometimes coming with too many receipts can be a bad thing, it makes you look a little petty sometimes, I think he really nailed it because he was specific. I think that is what's good about an apology video is when you're specifically like, I fucked up on this and I'm sorry. Here's how I did it, here's how it happened, and here's how I'm sure it's not going to happen again. His was perfect for two reasons. Number one, he, well, it was perfect for him (laughs) in the sense that uh, I think he did a good job of being like, I'm not a perfect person. I've messed up. Absolutely. Like I make mistakes. I'm trying to be better. That's me as a person. But then also he was able, he had just the right receipts to be like, but these like, fundamental like snake moves that I'm being accused of. Here's a literal text showing that's not the case. That's not the case. Didn't happen. Talked about it. Asked ahead of time. This was a factual lie. And he was able to pinpoint exact lies to the point where it made you fundamentally question every accusation against him. Yeah. Because you're like you're like, okay, but this is like a pinpointed mistruth. She said that out of nowhere he he told her to bugger off about doing a sponsorship with her brand and then out of nowhere did a promo with another one. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. Texted very much like had a conversation about it, yep. apologized Agreed. for the awkwardness. And yeah, so I think that was perfect. I think the other one um, that I thought was really, really good. And you've actually heard me reference it a lot. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. I don't think it was universally loved. And I think it was a huge amount of skepticism over it. And I think the follow-up to it was also awful, which I can go into. But I think relative to the mistake that was made, the fact that Logan Paul was able to come with a, the apology video he did and redi- and get back to the point where he is now, I think is pretty impressive. So I remember when he made that apology video, he actually did a really, I think at least. The second apology video, you mean? Yeah, the second apology video. The first wasn't great. No, first wasn't great. But when he did the second apology video, he really tried to actually go into a lot of deep dive around how that, what led him to that point, what happened, how he'd kind of gone down this rabbit hole of content creation to the point where the world wasn't the world. It was all just a a set. And he was like, that in no way excuses anything I've done. He then went and um, I believe took some relatively like concrete action around. Yeah. And you know, you could all say, oh, it's for show, it's for show. But if we're talking about apology, but also video, like, a lot of people- yeah, It I, frustrates me when people are like, oh, it's for show, it's for show. Because I'm like, at least he's doing yeah, it though. Yeah, exactly. You know? I hate it's that. Like it's like, if he wasn't like doing a, it, then he's not doing enough. If it's he's like doing when a rich it, person, Yeah, it's like when yeah. a rich person donates like $20 million to a charity and everyone's like, oh, but he could have given 40. And you're like, okay, but why not go after the guy that's done nothing? Like most YouTubers, when they apologize, was just like, yep, sorry, shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Fuck off, I'm making videos again. Whereas he was like, I shouldn't have done it. He went into a really, I think, good explanation around the mentality that led him to that point, showing that he'd had some really good, deep, introspective thought about how he reached that point and therefore how he could make sure it doesn't happen again. And then he said, that said, Everything I did was awful. There is no excuse for it. And these are the concrete steps I'm now going to take to try and remedy what I did. Or you you can't really undo it, but he can try and correct the balance 
that was made. And I, and, and I, I think that, look, at the end of the day, I think as a quote-unquote society, it, it is what we should be looking for. And the best thing that we can ask anyone to do is to acknowledge their mistakes and change and improve. And I think, you know, when Logan Paul came out with his apology, everyone was understandably still very angry. And, you know, a lot of them like, oh, it's just a press tour, you know, he's just trying to like, you know, come back in the limelight. And it's like, okay, but like what? What what could have he done? I think that's the good question to ask. Someone's, if, if we believe in the ability for people to like redeem themselves and improve themselves as people, at a certain point, you have to ask the question, well, what is enough? You know, kind of where they've done enough, where they're allowed to kind of re-exist in the space again. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at what Logan Paul did, which was understanding the mentality that got him to that point, owning how it had happened, and then also kind of making concrete steps to improve going forward. I think that you you can't really expect anyone to do better than what he did mm. in that situation, in my opinion. Still, it wasn't universally um, appreciated and people still had skepticism, which is fair. You're allowed skepticism. But I think given the depth of the hole that he was in, I think that that was the best he could have done in that situation. Yeah. I think it ticked the boxes of owning your mistake understanding your mistake, talking about because you understand it, you're not going to make it again. And then these are the proactive measures I'm going to take immediately to try and make the world a better place in regards to the mistake. I agree. I think people people need to be able to apologize. They need to be able to learn from their mistakes in the same in the same breath that doesn't excuse what happened and to bring it back to the Dobrik situation, I feel a huge amount of compassion for that girl and the bravery that she had to actually say something. She didn't she hasn't come forward with her name publicly, but regardless, that is a extremely brave thing to do. Extremely extremely brave when the people that you're accusing in many ways universally very loved and popular. All credit to her. And hopefully and hopefully, honestly, it starts a conversation more around that kind of behavior and what is and isn't acceptable yeah. and consent in general. I think yeah. if it if it breeds more of a conversation around consent, then that's a good thing. Summing up this whole topic, could the apology have been better? Absolutely, definitely could. Was not ideal at all, especially on that second topic. Do I think that David will make the same mistakes that he has again? Uh, I, I don't. I think he genuinely has changed his content and will improve. Um, but yeah, let, let us know, um, in the comments or in the reviews or wherever, wherever you're watching, wherever you can type what you think he should have done or could have done or should do going forward, um, around that kind of situation. Be very interesting. That audience always teases us for talking too much about him, but we had to for that one. But, but that, yeah, that was actually a genuinely, it was a really valid conversation. Yeah. Okay. Couple quick ones for you, Elliot. Did you see that, uh, Roblox listed? In the US. Yeah. On the stock exchange. Stock price went up quite Closed rapidly Closed with a $38 billion market cap. That's that's not okay in my opinion. $38 billion. It's so funny. My mum texted me um, last week when, when this happened and she texted me being like, wow, have you heard of this company before? <laughs> I was like, yes, mum, I've heard of Roblox I don't before. know. I, I should read their <laughs> listing to see if they're – because I'm sure they would have announced what else they're working on. Personally, blows my mind. I, I can't see that valuation. Pers- I, I don't I know. can't even I, I think um, conceptualise th- what $38 billion is. That's a lot of Ferraris. That's what it is to me. Um, <laughs> this was a lot of software, right? I think this is what's always confused me about – you see these like um, – they. It, 
companies that sell like commercial tech around, you know, teamwork and um, accounting or whatever it is, these these companies that get billion, billion, billion dollar valuations. Mm. And I'm like, okay, but like at the end of the day, like is that that hard for someone to recreate? Like I'm sure I could hire $10 million worth of coders and create an identical product that functions exactly the same and I could do it for one one ten thousandth of the cost. And I think that's the weird thing for me when I look at Roblox, I'm like, the game is fundamentally quite unimpressive in terms of the, and I could be very much just underrating the game here, yeah. but the graphics aren't great. The so functionality think- isn't incredible. It fully relies just on um, this young audience it has, which is obviously valuable, but far out. That just seems like a crazy valuation. Yeah. So um, first of all, I would like the audience to tell us who says who says Roblox, right? I say Roblox. Elliot says Roblox. It's Roblox. It's Roblox. I don't know why. I Elliot think I now say like Roblox. That. I say Roblox. You now. just said Roblox. Revenue last year jumped eighty two percent to nine hundred and twenty three point nine million dollars. So that's a lot, almost a bill. It still means they're trading at thirty eight times revenue, which seems crazy to me. They're also still loss making. They're losing $253 million a year. I think what people find really interesting and where a lot of the value from Roblox is derived on the market is their revenue sharing program with developers. So people Mm. are able to make obviously games within Roblox. That is a massively growing market for them. So I think that's interesting. And this is what's interesting to me. Just to give this perspective, you said it. It's market caps now forty billion. Thirty eight. Yeah. Round it up. What's a couple bill? Epic Games, which has, and I'm very aware that I'm in an Epic Games bubble. Obviously, so Epic Games in my world is much bigger than it necessarily should be. But Epic Games owns Fortnite. They own the Epic Game Store. They own Unreal Engine, which I think is the most important thing. Unreal Engine, every single game that gets developed on Unreal Engine, they take a percentage cut of all the revenue that generates, which Unreal Engine is probably the most popular engine in the world Mm. by a reasonable margin. That is a lot of commission. That is a lot of money. They've got a lot going for them. They've got Fortnite, um, Epic Game Store, having this engine that powers almost all the games in the world. Epic is huge, like giant in terms of not only they're kind of the size of these individual things that they own, yep. but also the the breadth that they have within the gaming industry. What's the valuation? Give us the number. What do you think it is? Now knowing that oh Roblox, God, this I'm one game so is like 38 billion. This is just one game, Roblox. They don't really have any I other- I should know this, but Epic's a private company, so- But they did, they did a funding round, so you can base the valuation on that. When did they do the funding round? Uh, August, 2020. You think Epic is worth a quarter of what Roblox is? I don't know. You're putting these numbers in my mind. 17 billion. It's worth less than half of Roblox. And this is the guys who made Fortnite have the Unreal Engine, which is some of the most incredible technology in the in the sector. They are about to be running one of the biggest online digital stores. Like, I don't know. I just feel like, once again, it's a topic that I feel like I, I feel like an old person. Because I'm like, I don't understand yeah. that valuation on we Roblox. Should do, we could do a whole episode on like just game the valuation of games companies in general, I, I think like would be really interesting. All right, guys, but that is definitely sounding like a much bigger topic for a much bigger day. We might have to get an expert in who uh, can fundamentally get into a nice little debate with us over the uh, the valuation of different tech stocks, which 
to be honest, is not my area of expertise personally. Um, but uh, yeah, as always, guys, thank you for watching the episode. We hope you enjoyed. That was a very, 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 very deep dive topic. One of our longest ever. Uh, if you're watching us on uh, YouTube. Subscribe. I think subscribe. we almost hit 100,000. So close to 100,000. Leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. If you leave us a review and put a question in there, we will answer it in next week's episode. And I think that about wraps us up. Love it. Thank you so much for watching, guys. See you next time. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.